welcome back to the Start Dreaming Again podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Tabitha. And I'm Natalie. And today we are uploading another session from our Renew Gathering this past fall. Um, and today's session is just an informal conversation with Faith from Moscow. Um, and this conversation is really all about perseverance, um, especially through COVID. It, she talks about co- the COVID pandemic as an example or just as you know, we've experienced to use community for spiritual and emotional support. Yeah. And some, just some practical tips. And again, it's an informal conversation with some community members. Yeah. She talks a little bit about scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset um, with our time, with our community members, with our, I guess, like mental space, if that makes sense. Um, And then she also goes into some practical tips and like a little journaling exercise um, to help you assess your time and your mindset and to help you make the most of your time. Hope to see you guys in the next episode. Yeah. Um, stay tuned <laughs> to what we have next. Yeah. Enjoy. I'm recording you. Oh, don't panic. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we're recording, I should confess to you all that I, I don't remember what the title of this session is. <laughs> so, uh, what I want us to spend a little bit of time talking about, though, and have something, some dia- some dialogue, some back and forth. Um, most of you are in school or or starting your career in some some kind of capacity, right? Okay, nobody's like secretly fifty five and like. <laughs> <Not sure. laughs> no, so, this guy's older, older than that. What I'd love to um, spend some time talking about is building off of what we started last night and this talking about what it means to persevere in friendship and, and to build friendships and community that uh, make it possible for us to persevere. We're going to talk a little bit about healing tonight, a lot of it about healing tonight and the role that community plays. Um, because so often, so you guys are kind of going to get a prequel of that. So often our, our concept of healing, we come at it from a place of thinking about healing as self-care, uh, which self-care is really good, right? We want to care for ourselves. And as students and young working professionals, there's a new level to which that self-care and that balance has to come into play. The practices that we need to do to promote healing in our lives are often, um, they're new. They can be awkward and hard to adjust to. They can be difficult to find space to listen when you're like, have the third person. I don't know about y'all's experience, but the, like, it was pretty common on like a Friday night that you'd get at least three invitations to go make late night taco runs, right? <laughs> so like, um, when you get that third invitation, right, to go do something, what does it mean to do that self-inventory <laughs> and listen and say, what, what do I need? But while self-care is so good, and we're going to talk about some of those practices, the depth of what we are called to, and in seasons like we've experienced in COVID, is, is something called community care. And there's community care that we do when we gather as a people, right? But there's also care that can only come. There's healing that can only come when we're living in intimate connection with other people. When we are understanding that our, our lives are not necessarily dependent upon our own capacity to pull through. On our own capacity to create the structures and things that we need. And so when it comes to persevering, oftentimes the difference between being able to push through in seasons where pushing is required is the strength and the connections of the people that are around us. So in this season of COVID, uh, which I know that different people have experienced it differently, different parts of the country have experienced it differently. My experience of most of COVID in Los Angeles is probably very different from if you were out here in the fields and fresh air and open air, right? I can hear my neighbors singing in the shower, right? Right. (laughs) They have a lovely voice. Um, And so there's this gap between oftentimes what we think about as 
needing support and the signs of, oh, I need support and um, I'm thriving, right? And a lot of research has come out and I'm um, in a former life, I was a social emotional developmental specialist. So if I use a brain term that you all are like, what is that? Or if you are um, in neurobiology in a program please correct me. That's the other thing. If you don't understand, raise your hand. If I'm wrong, tell me, okay? Uh, there is a gap between what it means to thrive and the, the depression that can be or the anxiety that can be a, a, a deep mental health problem. And in the in-between, there's all this research coming out about this word languishing. About in the pandemic, in this ongoing state of a heightened sense of how do I care for myself and my community well? We experience this blah of languishing, of not quite feeling the passion that we maybe once felt, or um, the doom scrolling. Is anybody a doom scroller? Where you scroll and scroll and scroll until, and you're like thinking, yes, thinking that it will make you feel better, yeah. but it doesn't really make you feel better at all. You kind of just feel worse, right? Or um, when you know that you've already seen you know, a particular movie, uh, and but you find yourself at 1 a.m., even though you're exhausted and you've got a paper due the next day watching that same movie over again. These are all patterns of things that we do to try to cope, to come over, to master this feeling of languishing, of this lack of thriving. And often when we think about persevering and what it means to engage in the world around us, uh, particularly when we're looking at engaging in challenging systems or challenging thoughts or challenging our own feelings, this feeling of languishing can become like a, like a cement brick that we're holding on to, like that rock that we're carrying around with us, that invisible boulder. And so in our pursuit of this, languishing and talking about it, we have the opportunity to name the reality of what we're experiencing. And here's the really cool thing about naming the reality of it. When we can get to just saying, I'm languishing, I'm angry, I'm grieving and I don't really know why. I feel this boulder and I don't know how to set it down and how do I keep carrying it and what does it mean to go to class in the middle of a pandemic, right? When we can just name it, you have calmed the part of your brain that is in control of your hormones and your emotions, your amygdala, you have calmed that impulse by 40%. So when we can name, I feel X, we've done 40% of the work to be able to move forward and make the choice about what comes next. So in your spaces of school and work, we haven't just been experiencing a pandemic, right? There has been mass social change um, that has also impacted different parts of the country in different ways. And so, and different experiences within that. What I experienced in Los Angeles is not the same thing that DC experienced. It's not the same thing that New York experienced. It's not the same thing that Seattle experienced, right? And so what we're dealing with is this nuanced understanding of not just who we are as people, but the culture around us, the cultures around us. And so uh, I'd love to just hear and have some time and space to talk about then some of the practices that we can do very tangibly to calm um, and complete the stress cycle. What happens is we build this allostatic load of stress and languishing. What's so it's like a perpetual like uh, growth of something that compounds, right? So until you find that tipping point and you're like, oh, I'm so full and now I can't carry it. And so it's, I'm bleeding out all over everybody. I'm yelling at my roommate and I don't know why. I'm really mad at my significant other because they just looked at me wrong. This load builds up, right? <laughs> And so one of the things that uh, part of this research on languishing and perseverance is that we can try to move through stress, but ultimately stress is not just a mental exercise, it's a physical one. So when you experience stress in your mind, your body experiences it differently. So even if we deal with the stressor, 
the thing that is stressing us out, that test, that news article, that situation, there's still all of the cortisol, all of the hormones, all of the feelings that are present in our bodies. So until we complete that stress cycle, not just processing it with our minds, but processing it through our bodies, we can't move forward. And so this, the solution to languishing, this practice of languishing, is how do we complete this stress cycle to move forward? Okay, that was like a dissertation in a second. Questions? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So, imagine you are being chased by a bear, right? You've got all this adrenaline coursing through you because you're running from that bear. You want to get away from that bear. And imagine that, you know, you could find a safe place to hide from the bear, but that's not quite the same thing as somebody, you run by somebody's house. You're being chased by this bear and somebody throws the door open and pulls you inside and says you're safe they close the door right now the bear is gone you're safe from the bear you've had a moment of connection with somebody to reestablish that space to of safety right but that doesn't mean that the adrenaline has gone away like your heart is still pounding your gut is still processing things and why we're talking about this at a Christian retreat, talking about this in a place of healing and, and friendship and listening is because our bodies are a part of our spiritual process. This love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is not just about what we can think through, but also that process. Does that help some? So completing the stress cycles, then what do we do with all that leftover? So in a pandemic, what do we do after you've removed, you know, the bear, there's a vaccine or there's treatment or however you feel about that. Uh, and you can take the mask off. We're out here without a mask, right? Um, but there's still all of that fear left over. And I'm going to spoil part of tonight. Okay, are you ready for this? So here's an example of the stress cycle and how this shows up. Um, we lived in Los Angeles behind a grocery store. And in the time that I, when we didn't really know much about was, what was going on, we didn't have a lot of, we didn't have a lot of statistics. And the, in LA, it was just, everybody stay inside and hope you don't die. <laughs> that was really where the news was at. Um, I really, we were, I was cooking something and I was out of avocados. And I went to think like, all right, the store is literally closer to walk to the store than it is to walk to the car to drive to the store. Like if I walk to the store, what, what is, what is going to happen? Um, you know, am I, could I potentially encounter danger for some avocados? Now, if you know anything about California, you know that that's where (coughs) avocados come from. So in my fear, what I did was not only did I walk to the store, but I, it's the one thing, hoarding was a really big issue in Los Angeles, but this is the one thing that I decided that life or death, I needed these avocados. <laughs> Without even thinking, I bought 24 avocados. Oh my 24 avocados. I literally, the person at the register was, they're the only things left in the store too, because California is not going to run out of avocados right? There's no one. They literally grow on the trees in people's front yards. (laughs) But in that load, that stress load, it became this cycle of, I got to solve it somehow. I got to solve it somehow. In this myth of scarcity, I tried to find the abundance by buying 24 avocados, which in the morning I promptly realized, what have I done? (laughs) I called every member of our small group and I was like, do you want to have guacamole? Because I bought 24 ripe avocados (laughs) and you need to make guacamole today, right? So completing the stress cycle and overcoming this languishing, we can use the pandemic as an example, but the truth is that there's stress that's going to come in different forms our whole lives through. And so we have to put on a spiritual discipline and a spiritual practice that says, what do we need to do to, to care for that stress 
in a way that doesn't fill our arms so full that we can't listen to what it is that the Lord has. So, in the thinking about what it means to persevere and in friendship, so often that community care comes from that moment of me calling my small group <laughs> and them just laughing at me, knowing that how, uh, how opposite of my personality that is to do that. I literally had preached like two days before a message about like enoughness and like needing to like not hoard and like being a giving people and giving what we have to support. <laughs> And so to have a community to call and be like, look, I, I messed up in a way I don't even know how to understand. <laughs> like, for them to laugh with me, laughter is part of completing the stress cycle. For them to laugh with me and say, it's okay, but how about we don't buy avocados next week? <laughs> okay. Creativity helps us complete the stress cycle. Exercise helps us complete the stress cycle. Connection helps us complete the stress cycle which is why languishing takes place when connection is so hard to come by. You can't, you can't engage in the same way over a screen as you can in person. You know? So I'm cognizant that when we gather in spaces like this, for some of you, you may have been gathering like this for a while, or you may have had a bubble or pockets or people that you called when you were like, I am going crazy, I need to get out, right? But as things continue to move back to a place of some semblance of normal, we're reestablishing and with a new renewed understanding of the value of community as part of our perseverance. So part of that for me is not just the intersection of stress and everyday life and coping with a global pandemic. But as a pastor, part of my role in Los Angeles was very much to participate in a group of clergy and city leaders and organizational leaders who had deep, deep, deep disagreements about what it means to be a flourishing community, but a deep commitment to saying, we're gonna hash this out together. We're gonna argue it out together. And in that, perseverance and in that completing of the stress cycle it became more important for us to connect with one another and to care with one another for one another than it was to try to convince each other of what was the correct way of going about something that came to a head in august when we found ourselves in a really rough situation as a community and and the death of a young man at the hands of a, of a police officer and in a situation that was really hard and we had all the clergy and all the city officials and the police chief and the city manager and all the organizations who are doing on the ground work in the neighborhood that was most impacted, wrestling out what it meant to be the people of God together in a community in a time where there's no completing of the stress cycle. And the one thing that we could hold tightly to, the one agreement that we all had was that regardless of how this was gonna work out. And there was no, there was no um, assumption that we were gonna convince one another of any other sides, right? That this was gonna end easily, but that the commitment to praying together became part of the forefront. The commitment to seeing one another as people first became part of that forefront thinking. The commitment to saying, I will not negotiate by withholding will not tell you one thing to your face and then turn around to your colleagues and say something different. These practical things became a tool for us to create real change in the community, change that is continuing to unfold and continuing to grow. And so I'd love for us to have some time to kind of do question and answer about anything that I've talked about today or last night. I also wanna pivot us a little bit to thinking about how our perseverance and our friendship, this shared life that we are called to be committed to is not just about this commitment to that deeper root when it's easy, when it's convenient, when it's not stressful, when we agree, right? This commitment to working it out with fear and trembling <laughs> is, is part of holding one another accountable in the small things and the big things and the things that matter and the things that make change. 
And so I'd love to hear from you. Do you have, what are your questions? What are the things on your mind? What are you persevering right now? Uh, how has community showed up for you in a way in which that it's allowed you to move forward uh, or allowed you to complete the stress cycle? Um, and did anybody else have a crazy, you know, hoarding moment? And what, what was it? Tell us what you, I started with mine, avocados, which is the most expensive thing you could hoard. So what, what, um, what has that perseverance looked like for you? Yeah. This may sound a bit trite and leaping to the conclusion, but I found COVID to be one of the most explosive opportunities for my fruitfulness just magnified enormously. All my neighbors were about 350 neighbors in a small community. Yeah. And I rode around my electric wheelchair. And they were so stir crazy, yeah. absolutely stir crazy, that they would talk, religion was beaten. <laughs> uh, my relationship, because that's always the best start in my Yeah. But they would talk about their faith and what, you know, they missed their church or whatever. It didn't matter what denomination they were. But Instead of you know, knuckling or buckling under stress, right, right, I, I seize the opportunity uh-huh. to help others out of their stress. Yeah. At the same time, yeah. fulfill my commission. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it was kind of a spin. Yes. And help them. There's many places where people were dependent upon community, whether it's for conversation or we started a grocery delivery program. Mm-hmm. People didn't know how to get groceries especially when there was early on there was no information about what was safe or not safe right and so as a pastor who was responsible for mostly younger folks uh, and we knew at that time it's safe for you know people under 30 safest for people under 30 to go out and so we started organizing um, young people to deliver groceries and prescriptions and thousands of deliveries later we trained 12 churches in how to do this too and we ended up putting ourselves out of a job because the community like what you're saying bob uh, was so hungry to be cared for and to care for one another yeah i have a question yeah in the race of perseverance and maybe other people have thoughts too but i think it can be really easy to act out of an emotional response oh yes so how do we how do you hold firm to the heart of God and how you respond? Yeah, absolutely. In, um, how many of you are familiar, familiar with the Enneagram or just took Logan's workshop? Okay. Quite a few. If I use some of that language, will it be okay? All right. So, um, I like to think about this in the, the kind of the three sections of, we, we can think about fear, anger, and anxiety, right? And so often in pandemic, right, we see uh, action out of anxiety, we see action out of fear, or action out of anger, right? There's a lot of rage tweeting <laughs> that has happened. So there's a very practical thing that um, I do that I encourage people to do as a way of, of doing something when you notice that you have that emotional response. So when you notice that you're starting to spike, that that adrenaline is going up and you can do that 40% of saying to yourself, I, something's here and I don't know quite what. And the exercise is called SIFT. You guys wanna do it right now? Let's practice it. Okay. If you feel comfortable, go ahead and just close your eyes and I just, just take a moment to listen to what's around you, Acknowledge uh, the pacing of your breath. Don't judge the pacing of it. We're just taking note of it. Maybe it's fast or slow. Maybe it's steady or jagged. What is it that you're sensing right now? Think about what you're feeling in your body. Start at the top of your head and maybe work all the way down to your toes. Maybe your head is covered with a hat and it feels warm or it's cold. Maybe your jaw is clenched or your shoulders are hunched. Maybe you have that clenched kind of knot in, the, in your stomach 
Or maybe your stomach feels really full after lunch. Maybe your toes uh, feel cold, <laughs> or maybe they're thankful for some warm socks. What is it that you're sense, the senses that you're experiencing in your body? As you're taking in the physicality of your being, what images come to mind? They might be images of today. They might be images completely unrelated. They might be memories or an image from the Lord. What are you imagining? It might be nothing, and that's okay too. As you think about what your body is feeling and what your imagination is doing, what is it that you're feeling? Can you put a word on that? Maybe you're feeling tired or anxious. Maybe you're feeling hopeful. Maybe you feel joy or sadness. Maybe there's a lot of different things that you're feeling. As you think about what you're sensing in your body, what images you're seeing, what you're feeling with your emotions, what is it that you're thinking? You might have a single thought, a word or a phrase. You might be thinking about something completely disconnected. We're just taking inventory. What are you thinking? Let's take just one last intentional breath together. Breathe in with me and breathe out. Go ahead and open your eyes. So talk to me about what that experience was like for you. What were you feeling before or after? How many of you fell asleep? <laughs> it's called sift. So I guess I should have said that at the the front end when you have a moment and you're not quite sure if you're going to react out of anger or if you're going to react out of fear or out of anxiety just take a moment to sift to sense imagine feel think uh, it doesn't have to be anything prescriptive it's just an internal inventory anybody have any experiences yeah Hmm. And I said, like, I had to get this off my chest. Yeah. 
additional stress and that kind of thank you for sharing that first thank you for trusting us to be a space that you could get that off of your chest especially as what you shared is feeling like there were a lot of places you couldn't be honest about what you were feeling um and so first can we give just some snaps for as a thank you as an honor for your bravery thank you for that um there's a lot of places and kind of it touches on so did that come up for you during the fifth exercise like something that you were feeling yeah I've yeah been feeling it since over the summer and yeah it was on time because i went home like last weekend because my not even my since my vaccinated roommate she had a positive and was positive so i thought it was unfair for my roommate who wasn't vaccinated to be quarantined for two weeks. Mm. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go home. You're going, you're going to experience it together. Yeah. We, you're not alone in this. Yeah. Yeah. And then my mom kept saying, she had to get the salt. You had, she had to get the salt or she's not going to be in school. There's a lot, yes, there's a lot of that kind of level of stress, right, that we're, we have taken in and whether it's there's a point in which it matters greatly that we care for one another right but never at the expense and the dehumanization of other people and um that's a great that's a great example of sometimes when we don't take time to pause we can skip right over these things that are truly deeply being held as a part of us any um feelings or images come up for anyone as we were sorry can you all hear me over the wind any okay sorry (laughs) um any feelings or images or things come up any other questions about like practices to engage in um or questions in general about reactivity and stress yeah um so something that you said really kind of together you were talking about the church leaders and community leaders and working together without feeling the need to convince each other that your method was correct and I'm just wondering and maybe some practical ways to walk that middle ground yeah and the image has kind of been reoccurring in my mind um is no man's land so like in World War One with the trenches on both Mm -hmm. sides and how as believers were called to walk in no man's land but that means you're taking fire from both sides yeah Yep. Um, and, <laughs> and I'm just wondering, like, cause I feel like I stand alone there a lot Yeah. and I'm not sure how to, uh, navigate right. that fight sort of Yeah. Wow. And yeah. now more than ever, with, like a lot of polarization yeah. on every issue, it doesn't matter. People right. like to us and them. Right. And, and that's just not the way that God sees it. Um, so how would you yeah. navigate that sort of terrain? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great question. So first I should share that most of my experience with this comes within the community development kind of space and in church world. Um, and the hard thing is that you, you'll take shots from all sides. <laughs> um, we didn't try to convince each other of what needed to happen because we, we knew that it was not, was not going to be the best way to use our breath, right? The question became, what's the best way to move forward? Right. So what are the things that we can agree on? That's usually where I start. What can we agree? Can we agree that the situation is bad? Okay, great. Can we agree we need to do something to solve it? Yes. All right. What can we do to solve that? Let's list out what that is. Let's figure out how we can do that. And then let's start uh, working through, hashing through the best way to do that and why. And listening from a posture of, I don't understand or I'm not going to understand (laughs) But I'm going to listen anyways because of my commitment to you as a person becomes really important. Um, 
the way that we can walk that space is a commitment to saying like I don't understand always the mysteries of who God is or what God is asking us to do but I'm here and I'm glad that you're here um being really firm and upfront with boundaries is important too and so it's okay if there's some things that are non-negotiable in our lives um there's some things that are non-negotiable for Christ right uh but in the process of that um it doesn't aid anybody to pretend like it's not present, right? The worst, the worst, worst. Have you guys, I'm an eight. I'm an Enneagram eight. So for me, there's nothing worse than somebody pretending like they agree and then finding out later that they don't. Right? Um, for you, you might be a, a two or a, a three or a four and it might feel or any number, right? It might feel really yucky to have to tell somebody that you disagree with them to their face, right? Uh, But the ways that we can honor one another is by upholding the image of God and one another first. And so a lot of the times conversations went like this. Hey, police chief, do not agree with what you did or how you handled this. However, I see the image of God in you and I want to uphold the image of God in this community. Can we have a conversation about what it means to seek the flourishing and the well-being of a group of people of this city together? Okay, we can agree to seek. Wonderful. Or the uh, city manager to a group of clergy. I do not like that you called us out. Well, this One of the things that we did was that <laughs> there was a need for some, some things to change, right? Um, instead of rage tweeting about things, we needed to have some actual conversations about real change. <laughs> um, and we did something as a group of clergy that made the city manager really upset. Really upset. Um, and we had people write in to city council. And if you write in as a resident to city council, they have to read your comment uh, publicly. And so, we decided that we would have a lot of people write in and they had to read comments for five and a half hours <laughs> and the city manager was, was very upset <laughs> um, and came to us and said I wish you would have just come and told me instead of have everybody held up for five hours we had to say that's that's fair <laughs> that, that seems fair <laughs> um, but it, we didn't start with the conversation of like, we started person to person first, right? There, there was no issue that I, we were willing, or that still, right? There's no issue that I'm willing to condemn someone else over, right? Um, but I'm not also willing to listen to my own need for adjustment. That's what, part of what Alan talked about this morning, right? Like, how do we be people who speak truth when truth's hard to speak and receive it? When you think about common stressors in your life, what are the things that come up most often for you? Small, large, medium, happy meal size. Failing. Failing, yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah. I conquered that, I became the world's most successful failure. Okay, <laughs> great. Congratulations. <laughs> Oftentimes, the difference between persevering and tarrying or languishing is the habits that we keep. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those habits, um, you know, can, are, they're not one size fits all, right? They can be tailored. So in your habits as students, as young professionals, as people building businesses and starting your careers, what are your habits of Sabbath that you find yourself keeping? Or lack thereof that you wish you could keep? Maybe we'll do that. What, are, what habits of Sabbath do you keep or wish you could keep? Yeah. Yeah. And I 
wish that I took more time to notice my feelings and take a moment to breathe and let those go rather than feeling like I have to reconcile them. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I wish that I could leave things undone. Mm. Um, I don't want it that helpful. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I can't really do that. And yeah. so I get in this habit of overcommitting and mm. then doing it all because I can do it all. But that yeah. doesn't leave room in my spirit or in my mind to focus on God. So I'm chronically distracted. Even when I sit down to like have a quiet time, which is pretty mm. disciplined, I feel like. But I'm just not there. Um, yeah. I'm very much a Martha <laughs> sure. spirit. And so, you know, Jesus, make them help me. And no one does. Maybe mm. because they've chosen this better. And mm. so, mm. get dealt with that. So I think it's, um, yeah, I, I can't leave things undone. And I wish that that could be a habit. Yeah. Of like, this is not the most necessary. This isn't what's necessary. That's really hard. Yeah. Uh, when in the practice of Sabbath, the moment that the sun goes down, the cloud drops, right? That's a very hard thing to cultivate. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I'd tag on to that and it's just not rely on my own understanding. Yeah. Say more about what, what that, how that shows up for you. So, you know, it's one thing to come to God as a child of God with, with all the peace of that, that that has. You know, because children don't think about food or clothes parents provide. Mm-hmm. You know, and so for me, I'm sitting there, okay, well, God, well, what about the means? And what about this? And what about that? You know, in the past, this situation took four months, you know, so then that means, okay, this is, the, this is my experience, my understanding, so I need another four months, you know. Learning to realize that letting things, leaving things on God's plate is something I wish I could do without having to think about yeah yep that automatic response of like trusting that the lilies of the field are clothed right more mightily than than solomon and all of his splendor (laughs) it's hard to embrace that my thought is that probably many of us struggle to leave things undone many of us struggle with the thought or fear of failing or struggling with the trust that the Lord will provide as the Lord does. Is it helpful to you to hear that there are others that struggle with the same thing that you do? Part of the, the, the impact of languishing, the impact of not completing the stress cycle, is that we begin to feel that we are alone and we begin to close up and tighten up. Right? Um, some of us tighten up, right? And some of us like explode and just tell everybody everywhere about all the business, right? <laughs> um, how many of you are, when you start to feel that, that fear or that anxiety or that anger or struggle, whatever it is, that big thing that you tighten up real tight? Yeah. And how many of you are like, I just have to talk about it until I can get it all out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different different people do it different ways, and that's not tied to whether you're introvert or extrovert, right? It's it's part of um, how we learn. And so, what I I would love for you to walk away from this session, this time with, is the idea that your spiritual disciplines and your spiritual practices for persevering need to be intimately attuned and tied to who you are and what it is that you need in a particular. What you need right now might not be what you need in 10 years, right? What I needed when I was young was like a daily, in the morning, 30 minute, sit down with my journal, read my Bible, devotional time. In this season, that takes a very different shape for me, right? It doesn't mean that that's not important, but for different seasons, different practices matter greatly. So uh, I would love in this, to just close, where are we at here on? Okay. Um, to just close our time, I'd love for you to just take a moment and if you've got a journal or if not, um, to just think about it, to write down a, a practice, one practice that you 
would love to try. And then a second practice, and this might be more difficult and it, it might not be something that is for you right now. That's okay, different things unlock for us in different seasons. The spirit has different things to teach us in different seasons, right? A practice that doesn't really fit, that you're trying to make fit. So one that is working, you would love to try. One that you doesn't really fit, but you're trying to make fit and perhaps even perpetuating a shame cycle for yourself around it not fitting. And then a third, when you long to connect with God most, when things feel like they're spinning, what is the, you could nail down that one thing that brings you back into your body, back into connection with the Lord, what would that one thing Something that you're a practice that you're trying to make fit that doesn't really fit. Thank you. If you've come to that one thing, for me, it's there's I cannot be brought into worship any swifter than by hiking. My, like my feet set foot on the trail. I like cross that first threshold, right? Of two trees arching towards one another. I cross that first threshold and instantly it, there's this sense of awe of creator God. Hey, that one thing, whatever it is that you wrote down or thought of, press into that space when you start to feel like you're languishing, when you feel that blah, of neither or of um, the, the space between wrestling with um, loneliness and connection. So I wanna pray to close us and then let's just have some open dialogue and questions and back and forth time about any of these things. And also if there's something that I said um, that is like, whoa, like first I have a reaction to that, like what is, what is that? Why is that? I'm mad about that. I tell me more about that. Like, let's talk about that too. Okay. All right. Let's pray. Holy God, we thank you that you show up in so many different ways. Your spirit gets your message across loud and clear. May our hearts be open to seeing, our hands be open to receiving, knowing that it is the gift of life that you extend to us. And in the middle of the languishing of that liminal space of any sense of struggle and strife, Lord, you're there with us too. God, we thank you that your mercies are new each morning. And that in each season, you invite us to experience different depths of your character and who you are. God, we thank you most of all for community. That we are not alone in working out what it means to be your people in your world. Give us the strength to not just carry on, but to live lives that are so full of your goodness, that it would be absolutely alluring for those who long to experience connection with you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Okay, if you want to go take a nap or start free time, feel free to. If you got questions or you want to talk, feel free to stay. I think that's what's next, right? Okay, okay. <laughs>
Thank you all. Yeah. Could you, what were the, like the SIFT exercises? Yes. What were the, like, yeah, so SIFT is sensing. So that's body. Images, it's what, what you're seeing, whether it's around you, like if you're driving and you can't close your eyes. <laughs> what you're seeing around you, feeling your emotions, and then thinking, what thoughts do you have? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, kind of just thinking about, you know, we talked about the different ways in which some people find stressors in their life, different things like that. You know, but one of the ones we didn't talk about that I have to wrestle with is the future. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. And as somebody who I, I have always wrestled with for as long as I can remember, controlling things yeah. as much as I can. And for so long it was anything that is around me, it's under my control. <laughs> yeah. And even though now I have, you know, I'm, I've grown enough to know in my head that I can only control my words, my thoughts, and my actions, I don't always know with my heart. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's mm -hmm. like the, there's still that thought about, okay, what in the future? And, and you know, as I continue growing and I'm out of college and I'm married, it's like, okay, now I'm not just thinking about me, yeah. which was already enough. stressed enough about my wife, who is, you know, even though you journey that together, the Lord has placed you know, me as the head of our house. And then mm -hmm. one day, you know, we're willing children. And there's just so much there. And you start to go down that trail, and it's like, just lost, gone. I mean, there's so there's so much you can spend thinking and wondering about the future. And I've seen God's hand and provision, and always after the fact, I can look back sure. and see what he's done. But it's just looking forward. Yeah. That, for me, is arguably one of the biggest mm -hmm. sources of anxiety slash stress yep. that I would deal with. Not on a daily basis, but just... Yeah. I struggle with that, too. Because if I can't map it out, and I can't create a spreadsheet that's going to lead, lead me down that path, then I'm, I'm not sure that it's of the Lord, right? <laughs> um, the question I found myself, and it's really helpful for, for folks who struggle with that, is what is the next faithful step? So I can hold all of my anxiety, right? But then ask the question, what's the next thing in front of me? Um, and the stress of saying, I can't control it. And that's an active daily, like, I have to write out oftentimes, what is it that I'm longing for? Like, what is that vision of the future that if it were not to happen, I would feel like this is my worst fear. Um, and then to sift out, what is it that is in my control and what is not in my control? Like, I can't control what other people are going to do as much as I'd like to, <laughs> right? Um, but that, that fear, fear of failure, fear of the future is, you know, for those of you especially who are starting your careers or training to start your careers, that's so, that's present. That's really present. There's seasons in our lives where it's good and right to hunger and long and desire to plan. Uh, they can't become the thing that we hold tighter to. Does that, is that helpful, Sam? Yeah. I'm happy to send you my spreadsheet about how to make the spreadsheet about which <laughs> things are in my control or not. You think I, I'm saying it jokingly, but I have one. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I have really big feelings. Yeah. And um, I think about my feelings a lot. Yeah. And I, my head gets me in trouble. Thinking sure. about it gets me in trouble. Sure. And I want to know if it is okay to simply feel the feelings without thinking about the feelings and figuring the feelings out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. All right, I'm going to put my, like, other hat on. My <laughs> feelings are, feelings and emotions are feelings and emotions, right? They are, um, they're carbon neutral. Like, they're, they're not good or bad. We can have good or bad reactions to what we're feeling. 
But our emotions in and of themselves, they are what they are. What we get to do, what is in our control, is to choose what we're going to do with them, right? Sometimes it's just feeling them, and then that's it, processing them. Would I have really big feelings? I have to paint. I just need to feel them in the process, and then that's how I can let it go. That's how I can complete that feeling stress cycle. Sometimes I have to shelve them, right? I literally picture them being like, this is what I'm feeling. And I can't, I can't deal with it right now, and I don't want to get caught up in dealing it, with it right now. And it's very different to say, I will come back to this when I can. So I'm going to set it over here for now than saying, I'm going to sweep that under the rug and pretend like it's not there. Where we get into trouble is where we shove it under. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I've been known that a lot. Yeah. I've learned, I was in therapy this, this past week. Um, yeah. And we were talking about stuff on how you can feel your emotions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's something, that's a trick my therapist taught me too. And I, I literally, I have to keep a stack of note cards by my desk, um, like blank note cards that I just pull one and I write down, I'm feeling this. And then I physically set it aside because I can always come back to it later. Right. But I want it to be my choice. Sometimes I struggle with, and, and I have anxiety. I have PTSD, like to be just to be fully honest. If we're going to talk about mental health, let's talk about it, right? Because I don't believe that there's a bifurcation in the God that I serve. The God that we're singing to does not ask me to check any part of myself at the door when I come to relationship, right? And that includes my mental health. Um, sometimes I get swept up and caught up in whatever it is that I'm feeling, and I can't move on. And so I needed a mechanism to say, all right. <laughs> I've sifted, here's what it is. Here's this big thought that I need to challenge or this big thing that I need to think about. But right in front of me is this meeting or this paper or this next thing that needs to get done. And rather than be run over by it, I'm just gonna set it aside and come back to it. And then here's the part where habits happen, right? Habits block at the end of my week. Like, let's get real technical. There's a two hour block on Fridays. That is my phone is off time. My husband knows he is not to speak to me during this time. <laughs> the phone is off, he's not to speak to me. And then I take all those note cards and all those other thoughts and strings of things. And I, I paint or I journal or I find some other way to complete that stress cycle. Sometimes it's cooking, long form cooking, like when you make the sauce that goes into the sauce from scratch. <laughs> um, some, for some of you, it might be gardening, right? It might be tilling the soil, tilling the earth. These repetitive things and um, driving Ooh, that's another one some people hate it but I love like just taking a long drive yeah 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 like if I'm like I don't know what to do just need to drive for like an hour through something lovely and then that's it and I'll feel better yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. And then it frustrates me so bad. I get so stressed out that I just shut down and don't do either one. And yeah. I just, like, yeah. don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. Um, is it, like, FOMO? Fear yeah. of missing out? Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't have an answer. <laughs> no, no. Here's the thing. I like, I have some friends who struggle with FOMO a lot. And... That's where some of that inventory of sifting can be helpful just as a mechanism of saying like, in this moment, in this today, what is it that I, um, what's gonna nourish me most? What is it that I am actually afraid of? Not just the missing out, but am I afraid of loss of connection? Am I afraid of um, being left out? Am I afraid that if I don't do this one and then these friends become better friends that I'm not part of that? If, if there's, um, it's so getting at that kind of underneath layer. We're gonna talk about that a little bit more tonight, but what's underneath is sometimes helpful. Sometimes we don't have, we just wanna do it all, right? Like, and that's okay too, to acknowledge that. 
the hard thing to learn is that we, we just can't because that's what brings us to a place of burnout, right? And I, I say this fully struggling with that as well. But if somebody's like, let's go, um, let's go to the park. Okay, great. And then the next, you know, I come home and a half hour later, someone's like, let's go on a hike. I'm like, yes, let's. And then I get home from the hike and someone's like, let's have a Zoom coffee time together. I'm like, great, let's do it. And then the next morning, I'm an introvert. And so then the next morning I'll be like, why am I so grumpy? <laughs> uh, it's because I said yes to three things. And so uh, uh, Lisa Turkhurst has a book where she talks about this some. Um, um, that might be really helpful for those of you who particularly find yourself in this struggle. And she uses the phrase, like, what's my best yes? Because mm-hmm. um, it's not always yes to everything. Because yes to everything sometimes means a no to other things, right? Mm-hmm. So what's that best yes? Um, and what's the volume of what's enough, right? Uh, so that we're not so full of having the experiences that we can't take care of the, like the things that we need to take care of. The personal craziness index is when we start to embody so many of these things uh, or like perpetuate this need to go or fear of missing out that we like start to see all the dishes pile up right? or all the laundry pile up or other things in our lives that start to like not make sense. Like oh, I don't check our mail. when I, I know I've reached my personal craziness index when I'm like, I haven't checked the mail and I'm like, 18 days (laughs) you know or the car gets really dirty or things like that so if you I would say like if you start to notice your personal craziness index things come up that that's time to say maybe I'm saying yes to too many things Mm -hmm. and to start to prioritize what is that best yes can I also add for me when I find myself in that situation at the root of it is the fear of being alone and so in saying yes mm-hmm. to everything, I can avoid aloneness, which then I end up avoiding solitude with Jesus. And so yeah. not putting that on you, Lexi, or, or anyone else here, but I wonder, too, if, if there could always be Absolutely. A, a fear at the root of yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thoughts, questions, wonderings. Well, you are, we are officially like over time, so you're wel- you're still welcome to stay and hang out if you'd like, or you're welcome to, to go. Um, if you've got questions that you'd love to ask or things you'd love to say that you didn't really want to say in front of like a bunch of people please hang out and, and we can talk too but go and be at peace and tonight when i tell the avocado story you all have to pretend like you didn't hear it okay <laughs> that's our secret deal exactly exactly what's your podcast again oh my podcast is called exhale uh it out-hail. is it is out hail out hail it's called Exhale, and it just says Exhale with uh, Faith Ramasco. It's on Spotify and on um, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, it is a weekly 20-minute contemplative prayer podcast. So if you particularly struggle with slowing down, it's scripture and uh, reflective questions that are read um, in a way to, to just, as you go, to help you pray as you go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you all. <laughs> hey, really quick, if you sign up for a prayer appointment and help spread the word, just come up to the tent and they'll kind of be hanging. And then we're also going to have um, our merch down by the cabin. Ooh. Set up. Merch. All right, that's my next stop. Yeah. Hi. Hey, I just had a quick question. So yeah. I definitely struggle with, like, under the like feelings yeah Yeah, Yeah. I definitely feel like computer knowledge like God's got it and then eventually I just break and so and then when I break I tend to dwell and then I keep and I I get it I get it um how would you say you prevent yourself from like sweeping under the rug Mm -hmm. versus just like like I'll get back to it yes 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 yes
So when I know that I am sweeping it under the rug is when I start to try to do it to a For me, that's how it shows up. So when I, I can, I notice when I'm trying to like avoid my fans versus like naming them and then moving on from them. It feels, feels really different. And so for me, I sweep things under the rug by like I'm feeling something and so I'm just gonna look at other people for a while. <laughs> or I find myself being like hours deep into watching TikTok. Oh my gosh. And like <laughs> and at the end of it I like just feel kinda like I don't feel any better. <laughs> um I thought those are indicators for me that like I have something that I'm trying to work out, but I'm not I'm not quite ready or willing to. Okay, yeah. So, but we can come. We're coming back. Okay. We're coming back. I so oftentimes when I we just need to make a decision. And then the more that it's like, the more that I like, the harder that I see it. Like, no, go Instead of being able to just. Um, Acknowledge it and deal with it. Okay. I started yeah. like, yeah. Um, and everybody has their indicators, but those are usually just good indicators of like, hey, this, this is something that's like a trajectory, like a long term I don't mind. Where, um, I don't mind talking about it. Yeah, that like being. Like, Wait, what about being willing to even okay. acknowledge <laughs> or ask for That was sudden. Boom, drop down. Yeah. 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 That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah it did. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't. <laughs> 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 I think that was I think that was the perfect like